Welcome, everybody, to this week's Science Metaverse podcast. I'm Keito Funakawa. And I am Steve Mikoski. Cool. So, uh, you know, this is the Science Metaverse podcast. So, inevitably, when Meta does science things, we talk about it. Uh, so this or this week or last week, uh, the big news was that Meta actually released uh, like, and we didn't even know about this uh, that they had a group dedicated to protein folding. But Meta actually released a competitive um, product algorithm solution to AlphaFold, and uh, it's apparently sixty times faster than AlphaFold as well. So uh, this is kind of the first big topic here. But Steve, I know you had a lot of thoughts on that, but um, yeah. So, so yeah. what do you think? Well, well, um, you know, they've been you know using a lot of machine learning and a lot of aspects of you know the company Meta, right? You know, Facebook plus plus, you know, Instagram, um, sort of all these brands, you know, Oculus or you know what is now kind of going by the Quest moniker. Um, you know, they use AI in pretty much like every facet. And so the fact that they're still doing research, applying, you know, what they've learned on applying machine learning to other problems, you know, helping out the scientific community and mapping out, I believe, 600 million protein structures. Um, yeah, that, that's awesome, right? And the fact that it's faster, right, means that you can map out more of these. So um, I, I think it's going to be commoditized to, to whip up libraries of 100,000 of these uh, pretty soon. And, um, you know, what I'm interested in really is that, you know, personalized proteome, as we've talked about before. Um, so anyways, this metagenomic atlas that they've created with other proteins, uh, it's accessible actually through their website. And you actually get a really nice interface um, that shows you sort of a dot map of all the proteins that they've, uh, you know, mapped out. And if you keep zooming in, eventually you see a little, you know, cartoon representation. Um, but then if you could, um, you know, basically use that to start designing new molecules, um, you know, you could, uh, just download it as a PDB. So, you know, once you find what you're interested in, um, then you could just, you know, download the structure and, you know, theoretically import it into nano. Um, so yeah, yeah, really, really exciting that this is, uh, you know, something that Meta has chosen to, to invest researchers time in. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, I, I want to see more of it, you know, it feels more like a renaissance, you know, like, like sort of everyone's opening up, like waking up that there's new techniques out there, um, and you're able to do so much more new stuff and everyone's like, all right, what if we applied to this? Oh, like, what if we applied to this? Like breakthrough, breakthrough. And so, yeah, I, I love it that, you know, so many, um, you know, people, companies, researchers are, um, you know, helping progress science with the application of just, you know, better code and, better uh you know computers that's run all that code yeah definitely um and yeah it was interesting to see so do you know if it's uh available i didn't get to check out the article but if it's available or you know how like yeah. the alpha fold proteins were mm -hmm. uploaded to mbl and stuff yeah so you know, oftentimes uh, navigating such a trove of data is is difficult but they have a uh, dot map um that shows all the proteins basically or at least you know a lot of them uh, and, and if you zoom in, you, all these little pixels uh, basically turn into proteins and you see the little cartoon representation um, and then you can click on it and download it and you could import it directly into Nanome actually in the, in the .pdb format that they provide. Nice. Yeah, and and uh, full disclosure, we have not had any any collaborations or communications so far with the Meta team. So um, yeah, that's something that, uh, or the Meta AI team, I should say. Um, so that's something we're hoping to get in touch with, and uh, hopefully we can have Nanom as kind of the 
the go-to interface for um, this new database, which is which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Or you know, even like the application of these algorithms to you know create new databases. Um, yeah, you know, I want my you know personalized proteome database, but yeah, you know, there's just so many um you know more databases that you can create in addition to these six hundred million proteins that they predicted. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, if you haven't uh, checked it out, um, definitely check out the new uh, Meta AI. Uh, protein database of, of predicted structures. It's going to be awesome. Um, I think you know, they're calling to it see... the Metagenomic Atlas. <laughs> Metagenomic Atlas. Atlas. Yes. Great, great name. Quite the meta um, name. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And then the other kind of big piece of news that came out today was uh, PSVR release date and um, pricing. So I believe it's in February uh, and the pricing is going to be an additional $550 in addition to the PS5, which puts a total at about $1,000. Um, so, you know, it's interesting because I think it's going to be compared to what, like a PC VR setup that's robust that can be accessed for $1,000, right? Um, that doesn't technically need, technically needed a PC VR setup, but still needs a console. So interesting that, you know, that kind of the PC VR of uh, 2016, 17, 18, that used to cost, you know, two, three thousand dollars is now, you know, has been shrunken down to a thousand dollar set. Uh, and obviously the resolution is going to be better. And it's rumored to have, uh, I believe, facial tracking um, and whatnot. But um, and and they do. It's supposed to have some like basic color pass through, but may, it might be just uh, mono vision instead of stereo vision. So, um, yeah, really excited to see more kind of players actually coming in. Uh, well, I guess, you know, Sony was there from the get- beginning with the PSVR 1. We've talked about the controllers and such. But, um, you know, I, I think one of our, our team members, uh, Josh, was saying how, you know, he sees the um, uh, P- Sony as, like, the only true competitor to to Meta. I disagree. I think, it you know, ByteDance is up there with Pico. But, um, you know, I think Sony, ByteDance, uh, Meta is, like, the next Microsoft, PlayStation, Nintendo, right? Yeah, um, you, you know, I think yeah, for fifteen hundred bucks, right, you get the MetaQuest Pro. You know, great experience. You know, the the graphics are still going to be run on that cell phone chip, though. The PS Five, you know, complete dedicated gaming console. Like this thing spits out graphics for fun. Um, you know, huge machine. You put that with the VR headset. I'm, you know, it could be a very good experience. Like PSVR One to me was very lacking. The tracking and, you know, just like a lot of things didn't really feel right. Um, I think they've had years to improve on it. And they also kind of switched the architecture instead of having the, um, I don't know, old school, like light balls uh, for tracking. You know, they ended up going with more of the, uh, I don't know, ring around the hands type of shape, um, which with other, you know, VR headsets, right? You know, the the Rift and all these other ones that have used uh, similar types of systems, they've gotten good tracking. So personally, I, I'm excited. Like we're gonna have to try it out. Um, will we port Nanum to it? You know, that's a it's a subjective thing. I feel like we gotta gotta really get our hands on it and and feel like you know is, is this something that you know maybe a scientist would be like oh, a thousand bucks for a dedicated like just VR machine, not even bad. Um, you know, go ahead and buy it and be able to you know work with their proteins and everything. So to be determined. If you are interested in that, definitely reach out to our team and. You know, let us know if this is something that uh, would actually impact you. 
Yeah, I mean, a couple of things that are interesting on that, you know, is like um, with when we were trying to make a Quest compatible uh, version of Nanom, um, we quickly realized that it would be actually one of the challenges would be that uh, we wouldn't be able to do local minimization on the Quest devices itself. And so then we made a plugin for minimization um, and to be, you know, done in the cloud and, and send it back and forth. Um, I mean, Steve, given what you know, do you think that we'll be go- doing some energy minimization in, you know, if we were to make it compatible? Like, do you think that we could utilize the power of the PS5 or do you think that we'll have to uh, offload that to a plugin? You know, I I think offloading it to a plugin makes a lot of sense because, like, I'm I'm a big believer in like all the graphics being used for the you know VR XR experience. Um, you know, any other compute I think that's run locally is just kind of like wasted for that proximity. Um, I think having another PS5 next to it that was like dedicated for compute, um, that would be really cool. I would love to see something like that. Yeah, I believe I think it was folding at home or fold it. I forgot mm-hmm. which one. I always I always mix it up. And one of them was yeah, PS3 compatible, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that one was just donating uh, GPU time. So yeah, you'd right, right. run different um you know sim- folding simulations, things like that. Um, and it was able to be you know mass distributed. So it was just people in PlayStation computers all just kind of you know donating their their GPU time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and then the other, I think for, for us, really, I, I remember, I think with the PS4 and P, uh, PSVR 1, one of the things that, uh, you know, when we were looking into um, compatibility with PSVR 1 was um, that I think we had to like get like a static IP or something and then also uh, pay Sony and stuff. And, um, I, you know, the barrier to entry for making a PSVR 1 compatible uh, experience was actually like noticeably higher than PCVR as well as Quest, I believe at the time. Now that may have changed and that might change going forward, but I think that that's also going to play a huge part from a developer perspective for us to whether or not we support it. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. We should just probably sign up for it. Like, you know, we, we didn't have a static IP address. We have a static IP address now. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that I think we've matured as a company, but you're right. Like in the very early days of being like a super bootstrap team, um, PSVR was a bit of a higher barrier of entry compared to, um, you know, other, you know, you could just you know, be on the Oculus, uh, you know, developer kit and things like that, uh, much easier even, even Steam without having things like a static IP address and, and being a pre-approved developer. Um, but Hey, that's what happens when you have a, a popular console. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing is for sure, as we mentioned, I believe like twice on this podcast before, but we are getting a team PS5. So that's what I'm excited about. Uh, finally get to play some Spider-Man on super high graphics or whatever. The, one of the exclusive titles, I forgot which one. I think it was Spider-Man. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully they make a VR version that's actually licensed. Um, you know, what, Speaking of which, like one of the announcements that we didn't talk about uh, at, at Connect was that they're making an Iron Man Quest port like from PSVR 1. Uh, that was used to be exclusively licensed. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe you know, five five years from now, we'll see uh, PSVR two exclusives to be made in uh, for you know the Quest uh, devices and whatnot. Although the the opposite is what I'm hearing right now is you know a lot of people want, um, I believe Half Life Alex as a title with the PSVR two, which you know typically right tr- or traditionally I should say 
Valve has not made their games available on console. Uh, you know, it's that that sort of thing's been very rare. So, on one hand, I, I, you know, historically speaking, I highly doubt that Valve will do something like that. But at the same time, they do have somewhat of a vested interest in, you know, making the VR ecosystem succeed. And so maybe they might make, you know, Half Life on PlayStation. Who would have known? But this is the way it could happen, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of content speculation. Um, you know, I, I like it when, you know, games actually launch. You know, Bone Lab was a big title that <laughs> I think got hyped up in, like, the 20-teens a lot and barely came out, like, you know, pretty recently. And, of course, you know, that's on the uh, the Quest 2 now, right? So Boneworks um, uh, came out in 20-teens and then Bone Lab just came out, yeah. Yes, Boneworks and then Bone Lab, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like yeah, there's there's always going to be great titles, great software. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm excited for Nintendo personally because I think like Sony titles, like sure Spider Man, like yeah, you know, they haven't really at least with the PSVR one really impressed me with too much of their like you know PlayStation type of content. Um, yeah, I think like Twisted Metal, you know, bring back some of the old school stuff. Um, in VR, like yeah, like things like that, I think might be um kind of great for especially like nostalgic throwback type of stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll have to see. You know, Nintendo, I think, just kills the game on nostalgic throwback. So you know, if they got in with you know Mario, Super Smash Brothers, just like on even Animal Crossing, like you know, there's just like a trove of, of things that you can make kind of fun in the Nintendo way. But I don't honestly, we're ever gonna do that. The- I'm, you know, like change my mind. The only thing Nintendo needs to do is port me characters and like reboot Wii Fitness in VR, and then you're mm-hmm. done. Like, <laughs> you know, they, they, I mean, obviously, I agree sports, with you. All, you got Wii everything, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, I, I, you know, I agree with you. All that stuff would be awesome, but I also think that like the minimum they have to do is that to be like ultra successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, like it feels like you know, um, Rec Room and Workspace and, you know, like people are comparing meta avatars to me characters that people made in 2006 with the original Wii, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so that comparison's already happening. And then like Supernatural and Beat Saber, I mean, to me that the, like the origins of fitness and in, in gaming really can be traced back. I mean, probably before Wii Sports, but really I feel like Wii Sports was, and Wii it Fitness really or whatever. It. Exactly, yeah, sure. exactly. Exactly. So I think that like I'm, you know, there's a huge amount of potential that hasn't really been actualized uh, with that. You know, they, they did, did the, you know, what was it? The uh, Switch Labo experiences. With, it was basically mm-hmm. their cardboard. It was literally their cardboard. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that that's something, um, you know, hopefully they make a, a Switch Switch Pro or a Switch Next Gen or whatever that is, you know, has the same power as a Quest 2, right? Like it to- I could totally see Nintendo doing something like that. Um, to produce a minimum viable, uh, you know, VR product. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I do think it's going to happen eventually. I just don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Um, but yeah, yeah you know, hopefully yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah, you know, like they make things fun. I, I, I think like you know all the fitness games. I, I think they're really exciting. I think they're enjoyable, and they're worked yeah. out. But um, yeah, I feel like with Wii stuff, like yeah, they definitely have that angle of like just you know kind of making it a a fun, playful experience. Well, and, and you know, I think with Nintendo, like they're one of the only like V or sorry, the um, gaming company that is willing to consistently take risks when it comes to their hardware, right? 
Like they're always actually experimenting. Like every new generation of hardware pushes the boundary in one respect or, or another. Um, and so I think that yeah. like, you know, they have a track record of doing that. And I think that VR is like their natural frontier um, to do it well. Um, so I think that, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, and you know, Sony's like fairly conservative in that respects. Like nothing has really changed too much from uh, the, you know, PlayStation two really like from when it comes to like form factor and yeah. like the controllers, well, right. Right. The controllers are, are more right. similar to what the standard is now. Right. Um, yeah. You know, the Oculus touch controllers, I, I think were the first generation of this like standardized kind of ergonomic yeah. fits in your palm, grip button, index finger button, some, some thumbstick stuff on top as well. Um, if anyone's going to break that paradigm, I do think it would be Nintendo. Um, you know, they mess around with the power glove, you know, like they've definitely had some uh, interesting input controller, um, you know, experience in the past. But um, yeah, you know, who's to say what quirky ideas it would come up with in a you know sort of future gen VR console like we have now? Well, that I think is a great note to end it on. Today's uh, going to be a fairly short podcast. Um, yeah, thanks again, uh, Steve, for talking about your experience and demoing at conferences. Um, that's about it for this week, and we'll see you in the next Science Metaverse podcast episode. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you in the Science Metaverse.